0: Good evening, everyone. Uh, just before this podcast episode starts, I want to say, in it, I mentioned that uh, I intended to add clips uh, from the original conversation that Andrew I and Richard Peachy had some four weeks ago. I've decided not to do that just to keep this video a bit smaller for you, but there is a link to that original YouTube video uh, that will go out with the show notes. If you want to watch that and specifically those tips that I speak about, they're in the second half, really, of that conversation that we had. Uh, The first half was the precursor to to episode one where Andrew was talking a bit more about the science. So the link to that discussion is in there. Um, However, I hope you enjoy this episode. Uh, We wanted to do it just to try and get, as ever, the most useful helpful evidence-led information we could out there so please if you've got people who are struggling worried concerned about what the situation with medication is please share them this um because it really does come straight from the horse's mouth hello andrew we're back um excuse me fiddling with so this is a bit of an emergency episode as the title will say uh So it doesn't need that much introduction, really. There is a medication shortage. We're hearing about it all over the news again, all over the press. It's so far this week been on Radio 4, BBC 2, Radio 2, ITV, Lord knows wherever else. Um, And I thought it was important, given the nature of this podcast is to be as evidence-led as we can and to be as helpful as we can, that we maybe had a chat about, what's really going on. Um, Obviously you and I have seen some things that were published by different sources who um, were talking about what's going on and what they'd taken from suppliers, um, notably Takeda, who, who, you know, supply all the meds to the UK at least. So I think what would be good is to try and make this as useful as possible. Um, First of all, what are Takeda saying? What, what is the situation? Um, secondly, how does that affect people like pharmacists, chemists? What, what's going on? Are people still able to get any meds anywhere? And why might it be different in different parts of the country, I guess? And then most importantly, from a divergence practice and from a me sort of point of view as a mentor, going back to what we originally spoke about some weeks ago in terms of, okay, what if? What if you've only got 10 tablets left? What would you suggest? What if you've got none left and you don't know when you're going to get any? What do we suggest? Now, we did do this as a, a live session. I think it's going on four weeks ago now. So I will try and cut into it some of the advice that we gave or or bolt it on to the end as well as link to it. But I just think briefly it would be good to try and allay some concerns and maybe talk sensibly about this. So shall we start with what they're saying? What Takeda are saying now. Um, I got impatient, blame ADHD, and I phoned them yesterday. I spoke to a very nice lady who sounded like she had, had the voice of somebody who's answering a lot of calls, shall we say, about this at the moment. But she was nothing if not honest. So this is what I was told, okay, as of yesterday, which was the 29th of November, yes, there is still a continued shortage of supply of Elvans and Guanfansi. Fine. She said, Yes. It's affecting all doses or strengths of of each medication, which makes sense because that's how to put together. And she said that they expect the issues of supply to extend until potentially April of next year. What she didn't say, and I asked her, was there are no medications available. She did not say there is none. And she did not say that none is being produced or supplied into. She said it's limited. There is a supply issue. That's a bit different to some of the stuff I've been seeing and hearing. Because the word I keep hearing is none. There's nothing. Nobody can get anything. That's not what they're saying. Okay. So she also said when I asked her, um, Something interesting about pharmacies, which I'll come on to. So I said, okay, so what I'm being sent by a lot of my clients is things like the Lloyd's chemists or the Boots chemists, can you get your medication checker, like a map thing that says, where can you get Lizdex amphetamine? And I said, what's the merit in that? And what's the merit in advising people to bring ground? And she has been told to say, it depends on how the chemist you normally get your prescriptions from. Is supplied. Now I didn't know this. Maybe you can expand on it. She said typically they reorder at the I think the end of each month for the following month, and dependent on who they are, depends on how they'll be supplied. Given there's a shortage, what the supplier are trying to do is supply everybody, whether they're a big name or a one man independent, as fairly as possible with the medications that. They need, but that's within the realms of a shortage of supply. So I guess that means it's going to affect the amounts that people are getting. So I think from their point of view, they're being dead honest; they're not hiding anything. Um, she also didn't say it had anything to do with the government. The government haven't told them to do this, and nobody's forced them to do this. And and <laughs> there are no other nefarious sort of reasons for this. It's, it's supply and demand, unfortunately, manufacturer, and that's fine. I understand that. Um, But from your point of view, because you've obviously got more experience of this, the pharmacy bit was, I suppose, interesting to me. I guess it makes sense. What do you take from that to mean? Because you're still seeing people, right?
1: Still seeing people, still prescribing medications and I haven't had anyone not be able to get a, a prescription that I've issued. I've issued prescriptions for Elvance and other treatments as well. You know, um, it's the medications are available. There is a limited supply. It's taken me back to um, COVID and what happened oh, with toilet rolls. Okay. <laughs> this yeah. whole situation. Um, so everybody panics, oh, there's going to be a shortage. Um, and what do we do? What do we do about that? And there's a few factors going on here. Um, what you'll find is, yes, there's a limited supply, but the stronger doses, so the, you know, the 60 and the 70 milligram Elvance, the 54 milligram Concerters, and the, the likes, they're likely to be more likely to be available. And there's a clear practical reason why if people are starting out on treatment we start them on low doses and build that dose up so we tend to use more of the low doses and as a prescriber I'll often prescribe combinations of doses of tablets to allow flexibility as we're titrating up the dose and I think that's why we're seeing more difficulties with doses like 20, 30, 40 milligrams elvans, because those doses are being used to compound together mm. in titration. Um, so, th- so there's that issue and, and there has been advice around what to do about starting tr- people and, and avoiding starting people on medication that is going to run out. Um, there was a period a few weeks ago where it wasn't possible to get these medications. So it's not like... There's been an explosion at the Elvance factory. That's not what's happened. I think we talked about this in in our pilot episode, that um, they're they're moving the the packaging of Elvance from one part of Europe to another part of Europe. And and that's in order to increase the the availability of packaging capacity so that as a company, they can be more responsive to to demand. Um, So there's that. Um, but, I've, you know, I I've, I've had a patient contact me this morning who thanked me for arranging supply of the 40-milligram okay. l been, which have typically been the most difficult dose to get to because it's the dose that lots of people are yeah. in that middle-of-the-road dose. Then we see in this overspill onto all of the other medications. So um, we're seeing supply issues with extended-release methylphenidate. Um, typically the ones that that come in 18, 27, 36 milligram, 54 milligram tablets. Um, And that, I think, is coming from, it's it's a knock-on from the lack of supply of these lower doses of l And that's about nice guidance that says adults can choose between methylphenidate Mm. or dexamphetamine. And in that period where there was no supply, we had the option of saying you can wait for Elvance, or we can start methylphenidate. And lots of people said, oh, well, I'd rather start methylphenidate and give it a go. Um, so we are seeing some difficulties with um, those methylphenidate preparations, things like Medikinet XL, which isn't as commonly used. Equizym, not as commonly used, particularly mm-hmm. in adults. You know, We, we see more of the, the use of those in, in children, although Medikinet XL can be used. Um, with adults um we're not seeing as much of an issue with those adamoxetine struggling but it's there um and then guanfacine yes there's there's not any and taqueda were honest with me about mm. that as they are you know i, I find them very open and, and transparent about what's going on um i've arranged arranged a meeting with them on monday to to talk about what's okay. going on as well to to go straight to the horse's mouth rather than the person on the end of the phone. You know, is it, I, I want to hear from them what, what's happening that's changed that story that they yeah. told me four weeks ago, which was, don't worry, it'll all be sorted by mid-December. And I think there's, a, there's what we've got here is it isn't a binary, yes, there's a supply, no, there isn't, that actually... What's happened is Takeda have worked really hard, as have the other the other pharmaceutical companies to mm. sustain that supply that's their business after all it's not in their interests <laughs> to limit supply um and i don't th- don't think any government in the world would be able to to th- or, or would want to impact yeah. on on those market forces but those market forces are impacting cost of private prescriptions seems to have yes. gone up a little bit because in, in private in private prescriptions the the cost of the drugs is subject to mass market forces so if there's a lower supply higher demand we're going to see prices go up and i, I think that's happening so people might notice their private prescriptions mm-hmm. costing a little bit more um and and that isn't the pharmacist doing that that's yeah. the supply chain yeah. making hay while the sun shines i suppose but it's you know that it's really in their interest to get those medicines out there because volume is is where the money is made and it's not in anyone's interest to not supply something uh-huh. that people are used to. Um, and in you know, a Takeda have have seen, as I've just said, more people starting on methylphenidate and Takeda produce Equisim. I don't think they produce really? any other methylphenidate products. Not sure. I mean you we'll have to quote me on that, but you know, that the Equisim is their, their mainstay, methylphenidate preparation. And there were other companies putting other stuff in, but it's it's just about uh-huh. supply and demand. The overarching theme here is more people are being prescribed treatments yeah. for ADHD, and it's taken the all, the whole supply chain yeah. off guard. Um, what's happened here? So, as a prescriber of of medications, what am I thinking about? I'm thinking about how can I most efficiently prescribe so that the supplies are most sensibly used? Because that 20 milligram capsule that I might give some flexibility in titration to someone with potentially is a, a child's treatment not being accessed. So we as prescribers have to think about how we're prescribing. You know, Do we change the way we're prescribing so that there's a little bit less fl- flexibility in titration but that the supply is sustained? Um, because those higher doses are, are not used like that. It is the lower doses. So if you're taking a lower dose, so I, I mean an 18 milligram, 36 milligram, or a, a 20 or 30 milligram Elvance, those those doses are going to be in, in greater demand because they always are, because they're the foundations of, of getting yeah. started with treatment. Um, okay. But yeah, I, I'm not hearing that there is going to be none, and that's certainly not what I'm seeing. I, I am hearing from patients who say, can you send me the prescription rather than arrange delivery? Because um, they're the two routes we, we offer, and um, people who take the prescription are doing a lot of running around pharmacies. Um, so it's it's worth when you're thinking about how am I going to get this prescription dispensed, looking at online mm-hmm. pharmacies as well. There, there are there's a range of them, and many of them will supply based off off your NHS or private prescription. Um, and it, it's worth looking at those as well as the high street. I um, I think that that. What you said about pharmacists ordering in, that's a very good point. Um, If it's Mr. Local Pharmacist who's been on the high street for 30 years and he runs his Mm. own independent pharmacy, he's got a safe in the back where he keeps his controlled drugs. He doesn't want a big stock of controlled drugs just in case someone with ADHD comes in on the off chance he's got some in. So he isn't going to order a lot in. What he does is when someone comes in with a prescription, he says, I'm going to have to order that. Can you come back tomorrow? We've yeah. all had that said to us, yeah, and that's because they don't want these large volumes of controlled drugs because they they are they are a hassle mm. for storage for a, for a pharmacist. Um, but the bigger pharmacies um, are ordering more in and, and, and doing more taking more consideration to to what's going on here. Um, so names mm. like boots. You know, that they, they, they I'm sure will will be talking to the wholesalers of, of, about this. There's a middle gap. There's a middle step in the, in the process. It's not like each pharmacy goes to the drug no, company and says, "Can we have four boxes of this?" Um, there, there's, there are three main wholesalers, and uh, I'll give you a link to put in the description because um, there's, a, there's a website that um, sort of informs what the supplies are like. It's—it's it's not the the ultimate gospel on what's available but it gives you an indication and i think that um, lots of 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 gps and pharmacies are using that as a guide as to whether it's available or not so sometimes it will say on there something's not available but i'm well aware that people are getting it so there's a i think there's a bit of a lag in the flow of information
0: and i think that's Um, been my understanding as well but But there you go there's this word that so far every time we've recorded one word seems to be the real theme doesn't it which is information the right information at the right time yeah. that people can apply in, in the right situation. And this is key to that. So I just very briefly want to touch on some things that I have seen posts on. I've heard people recommend um, with, with great authority that it's the right thing to do that have made me raise an eyebrow and go, not sure about that. And I think we touched upon this in episode one. Let's talk about capsules particularly, right? So if we've got LVANS capsules and you still have some left, So if I'm down to my last 10 capsules of 60 milligrams of of l right? what's the best thing to do for me in terms of, uh, let's call it rationing? Is it get a bit um, creative and try and ration the dose by splitting open the capsule and measuring out what I think is 30 and 30 and taking 30 in the morning and 30 later in the day? Or is it, saying actually i'll look at my schedule my diary my need and when i know i'm going to need it most i'll take that 60 as it's intended at the time i'd normally take it
1: okay two parts to that question the first part is do i take the dose that i'm prescribed or do i somehow fudge it to muddle through um What's
0: the second yeah, yeah,
1: part? I'll, come back. I'll answer that, and then I'll come
0: back to the second part. Yeah, I will. See if you can help
1: me remember what the second point was. So, so that, think back to titration. If you're on 60 milligrams of elements, you've you've had at least 30 and 50 milligrams before you got to 60. So you know what 30 mm-hmm. milligrams feels like. And if that was good enough, why then did you step to 50 milligrams or 40 milligrams and end up on 60 milligrams? You did that because 30 milligrams is not an effective dose for you. So if you've got a 60 milligram capsule and you're thinking, well, I could split that. And that is possible with Elvance with and not the others mm. by dissolving it in, in water and, and drinking half, but the other half somewhere safe, well-labeled, so that you, next day you can take that. But what you're doing there, you're giving yourself two days without mm. effective symptom control. Better to take the 60 milligrams on the first day and deal with the fact that you've got none left for the second day, because then at least you've got one day where you've got the symptom control with the dose that you're prescribed. It's silly to, to take. You know, you don't, if you've got a headache, you don't take one yes. paracetamol. So it's all, it would, people would mm. laugh at that if you, if you said, oh, just take one because we've only got, you, you, you don't do that. And you don't do that because that's not the dose. It's not an effective dose. And it's the same if you've been titrated up to 60 milligrams, take 60 because taking less isn't going to work. You know yeah. that from titration. Yeah. Now
0: that's you've answered the you've got second got part of the question as well. Then the second part of that was, okay, so what's the right way of doing it? And is it more to, I think, you know, my approach and what I'm saying to my clients is look at your schedule, look at your diary. Look at the points where you expect there'll be more mental load when that focus and concentration will be the most important to you and take your medication on those days, if you can. And on the days where you can afford, and I know it might be uncomfortable and I know it might be challenging, and that's why I I will put into this some of the recommendations and suggestions for other coping strategies. On the days where you don't need it as much, maybe – that's That's the time where we have to look at this pills and skills combination that's often spoke about. And go right, what is it that I could do that's close? What is it that you know and 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 I think there's there's a conversation again about I've seen lots of things recommended already, lots that I've heard before and seen before, but they've been recommended as either blanket alternatives to medication or you don't need your medication because if you do this, you'll be fine. And I will always err on the side of no, some things will work for some people some of the time. If you want to try a breath work, making a jigsaw, yoga, hold water, try it. But no, it might not be what works for you. But I think people may be at a point where they do need to think about like we discussed in in episode two hold on a minute do we need to look at the other parts of us that medication isn't helping and maybe if i think about my underlying anxiety or my underlying stress that this is causing and i do other things to deal with that might that make it easier to cope with do you think there's merit in that as well again getting away from it's just the pill the pill is the everything
1: the, the pill is never the everything. Um, th- definitely not. While you were talking, I had, I had another group in my mind, and that's the, the group of people who say, well, actually, my ADHD isn't that bad. I'll be all right. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't need medication. My, my ADHD is not that bad. Um, there's a contradiction in terms in that statement. My ADHD is not that bad. The fact that you've been diagnosed with ADHD means it is that bad. Otherwise, you wouldn't have been diagnosed. you would have been told yes you have problems with attention but actually it's not adhd because it doesn't pass that threshold so if you have a diagnosis of adhd it does warrant medication that's what the guidelines say we should do first um and you might have very good reasons why you don't want to take medication but that doesn't mean Mm -hmm. you wouldn't benefit from it um so, so so there's so much going on here um and as always, there's a lot of gray area in the middle and it isn't that there's not going to be any until April and we're going to have to fight, you know, to, like we did with for toilet uh. rolls in COVID. It's not going to be like that. It's, it's, it's incumbent on us as clinicians, pharmacists, the supply chain, the pharmaceutical industry to do their best to make sure that the supply that's, that's produced is made available to people and that prescribers are careful about how they prescribe. Yeah. But you know that the, oh well we, we can get 20 milligram elvance capsules in. So if you take 60, we'll just give you three pots of those. That potentially is yeah. for children's treatment. Yeah. Yeah. So so it's, we've got to be careful about how we you know, we don't have a lot of resources, yeah. but we have some. And yes, that it's going to be challenging until April because. As with toilet rolls, it took a while for the toilet roll factories to get the toilet rolls back on the shelves when everybody yeah. had filled their cupboards with yeah. them. Um, so, so it's the same situation here. It's not that there's none. there, are, There is definitely some because mm. people are, are, are saying to me, yes, I'm getting my tablets when I prescribe yeah. them, and that's, that's happening routinely. Yes, there are some pharmacies that aren't getting that, and that's that tends to be those smaller pharmacies that haven't got the capacity to store large mm. amounts of controlled drugs. But if you shop around and think beyond the high street and look to online pharmacies who can, who can dispense, you can post a prescription to them and they'll send them back. Um, and you can do that with NHS prescriptions for some as much as you can with private prescriptions. So it's, it's, it doesn't need to be a barrier.
0: I'll close with this question that's just occurred to me. Would there be merit whether you ask your local pharmacist, the one you go to normally? Or an online pharmacist, would there be merit at the moment in saying, just to help me know, when do you typically get your orders in?
1: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Because sometimes you get limits on when controlled drugs are delivered to a pharmacy. So your GP will say, give it two days to go to the pharmacist to pick up your prescription, if you've got a share care agreement. Um and the pharmacist may have had a delivery of controlled drugs yesterday and not be getting any in for right. another four days. So so having conversations with your pharmacist and, and taking that information that you shared earlier about ordering it at the beginning of the month, you know, having that, I will be coming to you for my LVANCE when it's prescribed in 14 days or whatever. Can you make sure that you've got some in stock? Lots of pharmacies, I'm sure, would be accommodating with that. You know, that if you're going in every month to pick it up
0: care point of view now perhaps not so much private but shared care is there also merit in maybe sending a message to your gp or to the, the practice manager and saying look okay can i change my review dates very often i have to have a, a, a several reviews about my medication i need to change my review date so that i can reorder in line with when stock is likely to be delivered because this is more complex because this is a controlled drug and if my my review date and my reorder date is towards the end of the month I'm always losing out because there's no the 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 pharmacies haven't got any left i mean i don't know whether how many gps would be flexible with that but I, i'm just trying to think of sensible conversations perhaps that people can have but just give them a little bit of sense of, I'm doing everything I can to get medication when it's available, and then in between those times, in those gaps of two or whatever weeks, I'll think of other things as well.
1: I, th- I think it's worth discussing with the pharmacist. But there were there was also a, a, a circular went round to GPs highlighting that there was supply issues and and to contact people and discuss it so if you're on shared care it's likely that your gp will have been in touch and had that conversation to me um right i had had a call i had a call from the gp's surgery about 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 the supply issues and what did i want to do about it
0: i suppose the flip side Um, is if you haven't had a call if somebody listens to this and goes i didn't get a call I mean, that would prompt me to phone, pick up at the phone and go, look, I don't know if you've had this information yet, but I'm hearing other GPs have, and we have a conversation yeah. about my shared care agreement at this point in time.
1: Yeah, because it, if, if there is a barrier to you getting the dose that's on that shared care agreement, the GP can't no. do anything else, then the shared care agreement tr- yeah. takes you back to yeah. the specialist. So some of the shared care agreements I've been writing lately have had in in brackets afterwards, in the absence of supply of this, this is a suitable alternative, which it doesn't happen a lot on shared care agreements, but it's been well received by the GP. Because you're helping, helping them enough. in
0: advance, right? Um,
1: and it's not always possible. Yeah, yeah, it's not always possible to, to give an alternative, but where it is... Um, and that can be, you know, some of them, have, some of the preparations are mm. very, very similar. But if we name one particular brand, the GP is tied ah. to that brand. Um And then we can, the GP can get in touch with the specialist and say, Actually, we we can't get these. Is it all right to prescribe these? And then redraft the shared care agreement if the GP's want to. So, again, all right, I'm just going
0: to pick up on Um, that by way of this is giving agencies to people who maybe are in that in between stage and still talk to their private clinics as well as having a shared care. Again, send an email to your private clinic, they'll know the situation and say, Look, you know, could you redraft the prescription and offer them my, my GP alternatives? if my vans isn't available i know they might not be able to one of them yeah but surely that almost skips a step of pain of, of, of a process of a gp saying like, i can't prescribe different because i i quote unquote don't know but if you've already suggested and they go oh well actually we can get that if that saves somebody a fortnight mm. it saves somebody a fortnight it's got to be worth asking hasn't it
1: it does i want to pick up on something you said there, which was um if you're if you're on shared care and you're no longer yeah. in touch with your specialist um because those those two statements are incompatible if you're on shared care, part of the shared care agreement is that should the GP encounter difficulties with your treatment or other treatments that might interact with it, the GP should be able to go back to the specialist and ask for advice. That's what sharing care is. And I think the difficulty with shared care, and I'm sure mm-hmm. there's an episode in this, is that GPs aren't always getting that service from the specialist services. That, Like you, they hold this, this idea of, oh, well, you know, it's shared care now, it's done, it's, it's pass the baton on and run away. Sharing isn't about dumping on someone else and then running. And I think a lot of hesitance around shared care with GPs is about being left holding this situation and having to manage someone that's saying, I only buy 40 milligrams of l and you can't get it. If GPs are encountering that and they have a shared care agreement with a specialist service, they should be able to contact that specialist service and say, help, because that's the agreement.
0: This comes down to information again of, do you know what, if we were, ex- if it was explained what share care, yeah. shared care meant from the GP, the private... Uh, prescriber and the you know the patient's point of view, it'd be better. Yes, I have to admit, passing the bat on is a pretty good analogy. My understanding was I'm titrated. I know what meds I need. There's my shared care. The only person I now talk to is my doctor. And if there's a problem, I talk to my doctor. Actually, it had never occurred to me that if my doctor didn't know, they should be able to go back to my private clinic and go, need to talk about that because... That had never even entered my head. I feel quite foolish yeah. saying that, if I'm honest, but that had never entered in my head. But I think this again is that kind of information right now, in this situation, that's so important. It's this. I, I wanted to do this as a as a sort of interim episode because I want to to honour the fact that this is difficult for people, as I'm sure you do as well. This is hard. This is a challenge. It's yeah. unsettling. It can cause problems, but. We still have things that we can try to do to help ourselves. And yes, everyone else may be doing the same things, but you know what? It's better than sitting back and going, oh, well, it's someone else's fault and someone else should take care of it and they're doing it. No, no one's doing it to us. And the only thing we can do to ourselves is everything that may possibly help. Send an email, contact your GP, contact your private clinic, ask questions. Ask your pharmacist when the delivery is. All of these things that we have suggested might just be the key for someone to going, ah, oh, actually, I can get some of my medication rather than I can't get anything at all.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's it it's is. communicating, isn't it? It's go to your GP, go to the pharmacy where you normally pick up your medication from, have those conversations, because um, often pharmacists will be glad to to have that conversation. Say, yeah, yeah, I'm 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 in a stock of Elvance in next Tuesday, and it might be two weeks till your prescription's coming, but I know you always yeah come exactly for your Elvance. I, I hadn't thought to order yours in because that yeah. would come on the next cycle, but now you say it, it makes sense for me to keep that in the cupboard for you because I so know why the prescription's
0: coming. Right. Um, Andrew, listen, I, I am very work, aware so you have people to see who would like to be having these very discussions this afternoon. So first of all, I want to say thank you for jumping on and taking the time. I really appreciate it. I know everyone else who's going to see this uh, will as well. Uh, I will try and put a full transcript of this conversation as well so that if you want to read this information, do whatever you want with it, as well as the links you mentioned. But folks, um, I'll just say this again. Please, please, please. And I know it sounds easier said than done. Take Douglas Adams' advice at this point and don't panic. If we panic, (laughs) we're not thinking clearly. (laughs) Step back. Have a listen to this several times. Share it with your loved ones. And know that... We can get some. We just need to maybe change our strategies a bit. But, folks, uh, I I hope it helps. And, uh, Andrew, listen, thank you very much. I know you've got a, a long afternoon ahead of you, but I appreciate that, and we'll get this out as soon as we can.
1: Absolutely. Okay. Ta-ra. Take care. Until next time. Bye-bye.
0: <laughs>